Welcome to the Bethel Podcast. Thank you for taking time out of your day to spend time in God's Word. We hope that today's message blesses you and lifts you. First Samuel chapter 2 is where you are today in your Bibles. Once again, thank you for your faithfulness to give. I'll tell you this, last week, last Sunday night, we did our, um, our annual Cake Wars, and uh, Kristen Sullivan was the big winner. That's right. For the chili or for the... Great. That's great. So she's going to be cooking uh, Wednesday night meals for the rest of the year for us all. Just kidding. No, we have some great people that come on Wednesday nights. I want to encourage you to come this Wednesday at 630. Uh, Aaron and Kayla Doubt, and there's some kitchen folks do a great job of feeding us, and uh, we just have such a great time uh, on Wednesday nights. So I want to encourage you to come back then. Thank you for giving to... Um, we, we filled our BGMC and our Speed the Light pledge for the year um, for your giving from last Sunday night, so thank you for that as well. There comes a time in the life of every single uh, Christian when God doesn't say much to you. How many have ever been there? When you feel like God is silent, you understand when there's times when you really need to hear from God and you feel like that he's just nowhere to be found. Has anybody ever been to that place? You come to church and you just don't feel, you know, anything. You, you open your Bible, you pray, and it seems like God doesn't ever say anything back to you. And it's a frustrating place to be. But if that's you today, you're in good company because it's safe to say all of us have been to that place a time or two. First Samuel chapter 3, if you look at verse number 1, it's the story of the, the, the prophet Samuel. The Bible does a great job of giving his kind of his whole life story. And uh, there's a time in the life of Israel where God didn't speak very much. And it's a time in the life of a, a nation, not just people, but a nation where the voice of the Lord was just nowhere to be found. And in chapter 3, verse number 1, I'll just read you this scripture. It says, the boy Samuel ministered before the Lord under Eli. And in, the, in the, those days, the word of the Lord was rare, and there were not many visions. Father, thank you again that you do speak. Thank you that there are times that you withhold things for a season. And I pray today that somebody came and they've just needed a word from you for an area or something in their life and it's just not been found, but I pray they'll be encouraged to hold on today. And I pray for those who are going to receive today, they're going to hear a word from you today. And it's going to be a blessing and a open doors for them. So for all this, I love you and thank you for that precious anointing. In the name of Jesus, everybody said amen. Now, let me just tell you the story here in the, in the life of, of Israel at this particular time. Eli was the priest of the temple. He had two sons. He had two sons that were not right before God. The Bible even calls them scoundrels. And it says that because of the, the way things have happened in, in Israel in that particular day, the, the word of the Lord was very rare. People didn't really hear this, that, that rhema word of God. They heard the word of God, but they didn't hear that word of God that was specifically for them. There's a difference between the rhema word of God and the logos word of God. Rhema is that word of God that comes to you for that specific incident when you need him to speak. It's that word that, you, that happens to you when you're just in desperate need and dire need. It's the midnight hour. It's in those times when you just really need God to speak. And all of a sudden you hear that precious voice of the Lord and you know that you know that you know God's spoken to you. The rhema word is God is just the, is this, is the reading the scriptures, just reading and then getting, and we need both of them. That's why we have JBQ. But the logos and the rhema word is, is, is two of the types of the word of God, but the one I want to talk to you tonight, today is about the rhema word of God. Now, 
If you go to chapter 2, go back in your Bible, look at verse number 12, and it'll, it'll give us some of the backstory about how things are going in this particular uh, time in Israel. If you're at verse number 12 of second, 1 Samuel chapter 2, it says, Eli's sons were scoundrels. They had no regard for the Lord. It was the practice of the priest that whenever any of the people offered a sacrifice, the priest servant would come with a three-pronged fork in his hand while the meat was being boiled and would plunge the fork into the, the pan or kettle or cauldron or pot. Whatever the fork brought up, the priest would take for himself. This is how they treated all the Israelites who came to Shiloh. But even before the fat was burned, the priest servant would come and say to the person who was sacrificing, give the priest some meat to roast. He won't accept boiled meat from you, but only raw. If the person said to him, let the fat be burned first, and then take whatever you want, the servant would answer, no, hand it over now. If you don't, I'll take it by force. The sin of the young men was very great in the Lord's sight, for they were treating the Lord's offering with contempt. In this day, in, this, in the Old Testament, the way to come to God to worship him was to bring a sacrifice or an offering. And what people would bring, just like you and I came to worship God today, in the Old Testament, you'd have to bring something with you. If you needed God to answer a prayer, if you needed help from the Lord, if you just wanted to worship and you'd bring an animal, an ox, you'd bring a, a lamb, a goat, a pigeon. Sometimes people would bring uh, grain offerings. And they would bring him to the priest, and if he brought an animal, the priest would take the animal, and he'd sacrifice that animal, and then place it, cut it up in pieces, and place it on the altar. The Lord said this. He said that when, he, when you get the fat, I want you to take the fat off of the meat before you offer it. So what they would do is they would boil it, cut it off or boil it. And so the Lord said, I don't want any, any fat to be offered to me. He said, the, the, the fat is mine. So you see what would happen here is if, how many have ever boiled meat? How many have ever grilled meat? Okay, which one tastes better? The boiled one, wrong. The grilled one tastes much better. So what would happen is the priests would live on the offerings as well. So God would say, look, offer some of the sacrifice on the altar, but save some for the priest, and that's why how they'll, they'll, be, they'll be taken care of. They'll provide meat for the priest as well. Well, Eli's sons didn't want to have the, the meat boiled first for the fat to take it off. They wanted the good part, so they, took, they just went to the, the priest's servant and said, look, we want the meat raw. Don't boil it. Leave the fat on it. And the priest's servant would say, wait a minute. God said you can't have the fat. They said, look, if you don't give it to us raw so we can roast it, we're going to just either, we're going to either you can give it to us or we're going to take it from you. And the Bible says this, that it was a very great sin in the sight of the Lord for they were treating the Lord's offering with contempt. But the good news is you and I don't have to bring sacrifices to church. How I many can say amen? That would be a mess. But the thing is, is when Jesus Christ died upon the cross, he was the once and for all sacrifice for me and you to come to God so that we can worship him, praise him, and ask him for whatever we, our, our petitions or prayers might be. Now, because Jesus has died on the cross, there's no more need for the blood of bulls and goats. Now you and I come freely into the presence of God and know he'll receive us because Jesus was the sacrifice at Calvary's cross. So the reason that the things are, the reason that there was such a silence about the word of God was necessar not necessarily because of the people's fault. It was more because of Eli and his son's fault. But understand this, when God is silent sometimes, there's a reason why he's silent. He doesn't just, he's not just doesn't speak just because. There's a time when God is silent for a reason. So if it's in your life and you hadn't heard the Lord speak and you just really need him to say something to you and you hadn't heard it, there's a reason behind it. Listen, our friend Job, 
Never ever, as far as, far as the Bible tells us, it never, it never explains, it was never explained to him why God attacked, or he was allowed to go through what he went through. Probably not until he got to heaven and he got to stand before God. Did he really know all that he had to go through? And the thing is, is there may be things that God's doing right now in you that he's showing off to people in heaven. And you might not ever know why he's not speaking to you or why you're going through the things you're going through in your life. But I want you to know something. There'll come a day where you will know, just maybe not today. I like it because it said that the the Lord was said to, to Satan. He said, have you considered my servant Job? He was kind of putting him on display. He was showing him off. He said, hey, listen, you know, of all the people that you've seen, have you seen Job, how everything he does is right? And that's the frustrating part. The frustrating part is when you feel like, man, I'm doing everything right. I just can't hear from God. I go to church. I serve in in my church. I pray and I read my Bible and I do everything I can because I love the Lord. But he's still, I do everything right, but he's still not speaking. Come on. You ever been there? And we might not ever know till we get to heaven, but the beautiful thing is, is maybe what's happening right now is even though you think God's not speaking, maybe he's got you on display in heaven. Maybe he's got you up there and he's showing you off to people. He said, have you considered my, my servant, Leanne? Have you considered my servant, Philip? Have you considered my servant, Ryan? Have you looked and seen and, and how right and everything they did, they try, they try so hard to serve me and to love me? And I want you to know this, even though he may be silent, God still has a plan. When you think of Jesus Christ on the cross, there's ever a person who felt like God had forsaken him. He even said those words. It was Jesus hanging on the cross. But you and I both know that when he was hanging on that cross and, and God was not speaking to him and it felt like God had forsaken him, it was not because God was just being mean. It was because God had a plan. And he looked into eternity, he looked into the future, and he saw me and you. And he knew that somebody had to be the sacrifice for sin. And he knew this, if Jesus would go to the cross, shed his blood, and cause forgiveness to come to all of mankind, some of that would come to me and to you. Thank God in that moment, he was silent. Now, we know this, that he may be silent, he has a plan, but he's not silent forever. Psalm chapter 28, I'm going to read this to you. And it's this, and David is talking here, and, and if you ever read, if you ever feel like you're bipolar, a bipolar Christian, read the book of Psalms. If you ever feel like sometimes you're up here as a Christian, sometimes you're down here as a Christian, sometimes you're in the middle, read Psalms because that's exactly why, how David is. There's days he's, he's on top of the world. There's days he's just trying to figure out his next move. Verse one says, to you, O Lord, I call. My rock, do not be deaf to me. For if you are silent to me, I will be like those who go down to the pit. That's verse 1. Go down to verse 7. He says this, Blessed be the Lord, because he has heard the voice of my supplication. The Lord is my strength and my shield. My heart trusts in him, and I am helped. Therefore, my heart exults, and with my song, I will thank him. He goes from saying, just in one scripture, in one passage, he goes from saying, God, where are you? To God, thank you for hearing my cry. Listen, today may be the day for somebody God is going to be that time when you say, just like David, God, thank you for hearing my cry. Just as soon as you think God's lost, that he had been, he's nowhere to be found, I want you to know this. He's right where he needs to be, right when he needs to be there. So first of all, today, there's a reason God was silent. Secondly, God will speak again. He will. If, you're, if, you, if today you just walk out of here and you still hadn't heard from God, I want you to know this. He's going to speak again. It's just what he does. It's in his nature, it's in his character. Let me read to you back to 1 Samuel. And here's the story as it goes like this, and I'll read it to you. I can, the Bible reads it better than I can tell it to you. He says, one night Eli, 
whose eyes were becoming so weak that he could barely see, was lying down in his usual place. The lamp of God had not yet gone out, and Samuel was lying down in the house of the Lord where the ark of the God was. Then the Lord called Samuel. There he is. He spoke. Did you see that? Then the Lord called Samuel. Samuel answered, here am I. And he ran to Eli and said, here am I. You called me. The word of God had been so silent that when God finally spoke to Samuel, he thought it was Eli that had called him. And so the thing is, is when the word of God comes, it does come, and there will come a day where he will speak again. And I like the fact that Samuel was a young person. He was, a, he was probably a teenager at that particular time. So of all the people in Israel, God spoke to a teenager. That's why I love teenagers, because you know what? Sometimes God can speak to them in a way he can never speak to me and you. Teenagers, y'all missed it. Y'all got to say amen when I, when I give you a shout out like that. <laughs> Have you ever had the word come from God and you knew it was from God? I mean, when you just knew that you knew that you knew that the creator of the universe had stepped down into your world and spoke something specifically to you. Leanne has a friend. Her name's Sheree. Sheree? Sheree. And she... Um, was married at a young age. I think she was still maybe a teenager, 18, 19, when she got married the first time. And Sheree had, uh, had married a man, and things had not gone the way that they should go, and that they ended up getting a divorce. She had a biblical reason. And, and, but needless to say, she was a, she was a, 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 a teenage divorcee and, and uh, had lived for the Lord her whole life, grown up in youth group, church, and, and she uh, was struggling. She said, you know, I don't want to be... Uh, just, I don't want to be divorced. I, I want to share my life with somebody. She had a desire to be, to share her life with somebody. And uh, she just needed a word from the Lord. And so she was reading in her Bible, as she normally, as she normally does in Isaiah, in this chapter 54. And I want to read to you this scripture, and you tell me, just from what you know, from what I just told you, you tell me if this was a word from God. Okay? Y'all know the game? Okay. I'm going to read it to you, and you tell me, was this a word from God for Sheree? Isaiah 54. Do not be afraid. You will not be put to shame. Do not fear disgrace. You will not be humiliated. You will forget the shame of your youth, and remember no more the reproach of your widowhood, for your maker is your husband. The Lord, the Lord Almighty is his name. The Holy One of Israel is your Redeemer. He is called the God of all the earth. And if you were a wife deserted and distressed in spirit, a wife who married young, only to be rejected, says your God, for a brief moment I abandoned you, but with deep compassion I will bring you back. In a surge of anger I hid my face from you for a moment, but with everlasting kindness I will have compassion on you, says the Lord, your Redeemer. God, dot God. Yes. So here's my thing. I believe if God will do it for Sheree, he has a specific word for me and for you today. You say, does God speak that clearly to people? Honey, child, yes, he does. And if you've got to wait for it, if you've got to just maybe delay a week or a month or something, I promise you this, he may be silent for a season, but I want you to know this, he will speak again. He will speak again. He will speak again, and when you speaks, you'll know that it's God. Why does he do that? Why does he wait sometimes? Why does he wait till I'm at the love, at the, with my wits in, when I really just feel like I've fallen off the wagon, when I just don't know where he is? Why does he wait till then? 
The reason he does it is because he waits till then. So that way when he speaks to you, you'll know it was he that spoke. He speaks to you. He waits sometimes because when, that way when he does speak, you'll know it was God who spoke. Every other voice will be pushed aside. Every other voice that you've heard will be placed in the back seat, and you'll know that Almighty God has spoken to you. I like to sometimes just stop when we talk about speaking, you know, God speaking to us. You know, how does God speak to us? And I think it's safe to say sometimes it's a rhema word from the word of God. Sometimes God speaks to us through other people. Sometimes God speaks to us through sermons, through teachings. Sometimes it's, it's, it's um, devotions that we've heard, things like that. Uh, I, one, of the, <laughs> one of the churches we pastored, I mean, I did not know this. Sometimes, let me just say, sometimes God speaks to you through the pastor. Sometimes. I hope more times than not, but sometimes. We were pastoring a church, and, and I had made mention, like Liam did here, you know, when we try to encourage people to, to be faithful to give, and, and I think it's important to give. And uh, so one day during the offering, I was talking about how, you know, tithing is giving just 10% to God. And, and, and I made this statement. I've probably never made it since. I said, you know, even if you get a birthday, like a birthday um, gift, I said, even if you get like a life insurance policy, I said, 10%, go, at least 10% goes to God. And there was a lady, unbeknownst to me, I promise you this, unbeknownst to me, in the back, whose brother had just passed, and she didn't know he had left her as the beneficiary on his life insurance policy. And so just as soon as I said that, she says out loud, well, I guess he's talking about us. <laughs> and I promise you, I did not, I had no idea. How many have ever been there where you felt like the pastor was talking about you? I, let me just, let me just, it's clear, I promise you, I don't, Leanne can tell you, I don't put sermons together, and in the back of my mind, I'm thinking, boy, Justin needs to hear this. Boy, I'm going to zing Miss, uh, Miss, uh, Miss uh, Sister Pace. I'm going to get her today. I don't ever think that. But let me just say this, if the shoe fits. <laughs> so the question is, okay, Pastor, I hear and I understand God speaks. I see it in Samuel's life, and I understand it. What do I do while I'm waiting on God to speak? Because, you know, people make lots of decisions based on what the Lord has to say, whether you're going to take a job or not, whether you're going to marry a particular person or not, whether what direction you're going to go during your day. I know some of you, when you pray, you ask God to direct you during your day. And so the question is, what do I do while I'm waiting on God to speak? Well, we see it here in, in 1 Samuel chapter 3, verse number 2. One night, Eli whose eyes were becoming so weak he could barely see, was lying down in his usual place. Let me read it to you one more time. One night, Eli, whose eyes were becoming so weak that he could barely see, was lying down in his usual place. So in other words, Eli was doing the exact same thing he'd been doing all the nights before. Lying down in his usual place. Can I tell you this? Sometimes just keep on doing what you're doing until God speaks to you is the best advice anybody could ever give to you. Just keep on doing what you're doing. Because when God's word has to find you, he'll find you. You don't have to go look for it. I mean, when the children of Israel woke up in the morning and the, the Red Sea was parted, nobody had to go, man, I wonder what, 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 which direction we ought to go today. And when God's word comes to you, he's going to speak so clearly to you. You're going to know that you know that you know this is the direction to go. 
See, that's how God works because God understands you. He knows your temperament, your personality. He knows what he has to say or do to get you to realize that's God speaking to me. So when the time comes, you just keep on being your best. Keep on getting up. Keep on loving people. Keep on loving God. Keep on doing everything you can do just to be the child of God he's called you to be. And one day, one moment, in one time, he'll speak to you. And all of a sudden, you'll go, that was the word of the Lord. Eli was just doing his thing. God spoke to him. I have a friend today, and I'll close with this. And uh, he's a minister. And if I said his name, you'd, you'd probably know him. And he had gone through a transition in his life. His wife had left him, and, and just things that had happened that his kids had kind of moved off. And, and uh, he was making some decisions about the next direction in his life, what he was going to do. And let me tell you, sometimes when ministers, preachers, when we, get out of, um, when we get out of the ministry for a season, for some reason, we go and sell insurance. I'm not sure why that is, but it just seems like that's what we go do. So one day I saw him, and we were talking about it, and he was, I think it was probably the last couple of weeks that he was going to be in his current position, and he was going to try to find something else. And I said, well, I said, and I said before you go and sell insurance, let me just tell you this. And I did, he kind of grinned, because I didn't know if he was selling insurance or not. I just kind of assumed I said, what was the last thing God told you? He said, when I was 18 years old, and as I was at the Arkansas Assemblies of God campground, I was at the altar, and God told me to preach. He was in his 50s at this particular time. I said, then here's the thing. You keep doing that until God tells you to do something else. You keep doing that until God speaks. And my friend, let me say the same thing to you. If you're waiting for God to speak to you, keep doing what you're doing until he speaks. You say, well, I'm not doing anything. Yes, you are. You are doing something. You're, not, you're doing nothing. But to God, it just shows him, God, I'm willing to trust you right where I am. I'm, keep, I'm willing to keep. Sometimes faith is not stepping out. Sometimes faith is standing still. Sometimes faith is just being, staying right where you are and keep doing what you're doing, even though you don't like it, even though you don't enjoy it, but you trust God that, God, if I keep doing what I'm doing, you'll speak at some point. Come on, stand with me this morning. The Bible says this. If I can take you back to the story of Joseph in the Bible, and you know that Joseph had to wait in his life. If you know his story, he was thrown into a pit by his own brothers. <laughs> you don't like your family? <laughs> And then his brothers took him out and sold him. And he went to Potiphar's house. He was lied about, accused of a crime he didn't commit, thrown in jail, left there to rot in jail, forgotten about in there. And the Bible says something. Then he was raised up to literally be the leader of the entire world. And the Bible says this about Joseph. It says he was sold for a servant. His feet were placed in the fetters. He was laid in iron. It says, until the time that his word came, the word of the Lord tried him. See, there was a moment in time when God spoke, and it changed everything. And my question to you today is, my friend, let's be honest. Is, are you waiting for God to speak somewhere in your life? Are you waiting for God to, to come and just give you the word that's it's going to be like here? It's like it says here. It's, it's the time until his word came. If that's the case, you're in the right place at the right time because this is the right time where we come and meet with God. It's that time where we just stop. We don't sing about him. We don't listen about him. We just come and we connect with him. And of all the things that we do during our week, I love this time 
because it's where you and I get to come and just meet with Jesus. Before we do, I just need to ask you a quick question. Maybe you're one today. Things are not right between you and Jesus. They're just not right between you and God. And I'm not going to beg with you or plead with you because maybe you've heard this spill many times before. But I want you to know that the Lord is still knocking on your door, your door, your heart's door. And he's still saying, look, I'm ready for you to make that decision to come and follow me. Jesus never said, pray this prayer, repeat after me. He never said, the, you know, do these three things. But what he did say was come and follow me. And maybe today you hadn't followed him. Maybe today is the day you just feel the Spirit of God telling you, today's your day. It starts right here. It starts with a prayer. It starts where you say, okay, God, I just give you everything. My life may be a mess, but I give it to you. I may have it all figured out, but I know this, I don't have you. And no matter how much I got it figured out, if I don't have you, I still lost. You say, today's the day. Will you pray with me, Pastor Kerry? Yes, I will. And there's some people right next to you. They're going to pray with us as well. We're going to do it together. It's going to be a prayer, just a prayer of faith, prayer of salvation. And before we come to the front, I wonder if you would do that with me today. Just pray simple prayer like this. Mean it from your heart. Say, dear Jesus, I come to you today and ask you to forgive me. I accept you as my Lord and my Savior. And by your grace, I give you my life. Today, tomorrow, and forever. In your name, amen. Amen. (laughs) I love it. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father, for the time we have as we just prepare to come and gather around this altar. God, there's going to be those that are going to pray and sing. There are going to be those that are coming to connect with you. But more than anything, I just pray that you'll be here and you'll meet with each one of us, God. And I thank you that you're going to, the word of God is going to go forward today. It's going to give somebody the strength to continue on, but it's going to be some, God, today's going to be the day they're going to hear from you. But I pray not one person, God, not one person. It's a high prayer, but not one person will leave without knowing, God, that you have, are God to them and you're walking with them all the days of their life. I love you and ask it in Jesus' name. Everybody said amen. Amen. Thank you for listening to today's message. We pray that it challenges you to dig deeper into the Word of God and grows your faith. If you would like to reach out to us, please visit our website at www.mybethel.net. Thank you.